0: On today's show, I interview T.L. Christensen on her journey of becoming an author. But first, let's jump into my personal update. All right, I feel like the last two weeks just like flew by. I was able to put my new debut romance book up for pre-order, and I set the publishing date to August 5th under the pen name Penny May. I also built a website for that author name and I set up a mailing list so that people can sign up. And when I'm able to finish it, I will send those on the mailing list a free steamy short story that's actually told from the perspective of the billionaire bachelor from the book. Um, So kind of fun stuff. And then I'll be able to send out information about when the book comes out and like giveaways and fun stuff like that. So I've also finally decided on a name for the book. Um, So it's going to be called Blissful Awakenings, A Courtney Bliss Romance. And I created a fun cover that shows off our billionaires' very sexy abs. So I'm really excited. I really feel like things are coming together on that book and that author name. Um, So feel free to slide over to pennymayromance.com and you can sign up for the free newsletter if you want or just check it out and let me know what you think. So the other thing that I did in the past two weeks is, so I have you know my my other persona, my Evergrowth Coach. Um, it's actually already set up as an LLC, and it has been since 2019. But in this past week, I actually set it up um, so that I'm a client with the nonprofit that I work for part time. So as a client, the procurement counselors that I assist, sort of as an admin assistant, um, they can actually help me to find and bid on federal and state contracts, which is pretty cool actually. And the organization um, that work for. So it's called PTAC, which stands for Procurement Technical Assistance Center. And it's actually a nationwide program. So if you have a business or a company that, you know, you're interested in kind of using to bid on federal or state contracts, you should definitely connect with your local PTAC center and they can help you get started and understand it and make bids and all that fun type jazz. All right, so that is all I have for today for a personal update. Let's go ahead and jump into the interview with T.L. Christensen. Today I'm speaking with author T.L. Christensen about her journey of becoming a published author with books in urban fantasy and paranormal romance. Welcome to the show, T.L.
1: Thank you for having me, Jennifer.
0: Yeah, I'm super stoked to chat with you. Um, Before we really dive in, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself?
1: Yeah, well, I'm a Colorado native. I'm from Durango, Colorado. I was originally a high school history teacher. Oh, nice. Yeah. (laughs) And then stay-at-home mom. And I don't know what else to say. I've been married for about 20 years. I've got grown children, so. Nice.
0: And so now I understand that you, now you're a writer, right? And so kind of how Mm -hmm. did that, how did that kind of
1: come about? Well, the funny thing is, is I don't remember a time when I didn't write. I've written my entire life. I wrote my first book when I was about um, 15. Okay. And um, I just kept writing since then. So if we're talking about when I wrote, I guess, you know, that's kind of that answer, but publishing is a different story. Um, I always looked at it as, uh, you know, almost akin to being a, you know, (laughs) movie star or, Mm -hmm. or professional athlete. I didn't really feel like it was achievable for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had two things that kind of coalesced in my life to come together to push me towards that. One was that I was I suffered an injury and I was taken to a stroke hospital in Denver. And I was in their intensive or critical care ward for two weeks. And so that really made me reassess my life and what I really want from it and what I love to do. And like I said, I've written my entire life. So um, sorry if I get a little bit emotional. No, that's fine. I had this epiphany that this was something that I. I still needed to do. And if I wanted to change my life's direction, that I should start looking at that and looking more seriously. Now, the other thing that came into um, (laughs) a a little bit after this was my sister actually writes Regency romance. Oh, okay. Yeah. And she had just gotten her first book published. And she said to me, because I was a homeschooling mom. And I remember there was this one day we were sitting in the library and I was Working with my kids and um, sitting there writing, and she was sitting there writing, you know, and and uh, writing a book, and I'm just messing around, and and she's like, "You're writing? What are you writing?" And I read a little bit to her, and she's like, "This is ridiculous. You should be published. I have I, you have to go and and um, try to get published." And so she basically put her foot on my back and pushed me through the, the publishing door, nice. so to speak.
0: Nice, and so. Did you kind of go the the traditional publishing route from there?
1: I did. Well, I I actually did query and I was offered contracts from two different publishing houses for my book, Crimson. Mm, okay. And after talking to my sister who she had started out traditional and she was not the happiest with it. Mm. And she found that her books, even though they, made, they sold less copies as an indie, she made uh, significantly more money mm-hmm. on those books that she had published herself. And so she's like look, I, you know, I'll steer you to some people. Cause I'm new to indie publishing myself. Cause you know, it's very different game if you're traditional versus indie. And she said, so, um, but you know, just put it on Amazon, just finish that book, put it on Amazon. And I was just like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I really had no idea what I was doing. I basically hired an editor oh, nice. and had it edited and, and found a, Copy off of a pre-made, you know, website, and um, the rest is history. I mean, it's like night and day what I've learned. It's such a steep learning curve.
0: Yeah. And now, what was it was actually like to write your first book? Because I know that the first book can be can really be a huge hurdle for first
1: time authors. Oh, you know what? I'll be honest with you. I wrote several books before I wrote the book that was published. Mm, Okay, and so. So for me, because it was a more of a hobby, it was like, I'd kind of spend like a few months and I'd write a book and then I, or or maybe I'd forget about it and I'd get bored with it. But when I was really serious about it, I think that's when I, I remember my sister telling me, she said, if you're really an author, you write whether you feel like it or not. <laughs> um, and, and I think that really stuck with me because, you know, then I, I knew, you know, I had this plan, like I, I, I had put it for pre-order before I finished it. And so I was like, all right, whether I want to or not, <laughs> I need to finish this. but yeah, I don't know. Writing for me has never been like, do I have a muse? I don't really see it like that. It's, it's my escape. It's where I go to. It's the safe place for me. So I can understand like struggling with plot lines and stuff like that. Cause I mean, I, I do have that problem sometimes where I'm like, Oh, crud. I've just written myself into a hole, right? <laughs> but it's my, it's definitely my escape and it's definitely a comfort for me. So I guess that's not something that I can really identify with.
0: Mm, gotcha. Do you ever find that you have, I know for me, my my biggest challenge in writing is I have a squirrel brain, so every every few weeks I have a new idea for a bright and shiny new book idea, right, <laughs> that I want to do. And it's very mm-hmm. hard to stay, you know, strict with myself and actually write the book that I'm working on
1: now. I absolutely have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, I I, I, I know my, my readers would hate to hear me say this, but like right now, I actually am working on three different books, and it's because I got this like great idea and I'm like, Oh my God, that would be a fabulous spinoff. And then before I know it, I'm like 15,000 words into that. And I'm like, <laughs> no, my readers want the sequel. What right? am I doing? Woman <laughs> snap out of it. Nice. But, um, I think, yeah, squirrel brain totally. Yeah. I, I struggle with several autoimmune diseases. And so mm. that's kind of like my biggest hurdle is along with just having that squirrel brain, which, uh, you know, I'm constantly, my brain is turning towards other things, but but just, you know, dealing, I think that's my biggest struggle with writing, which I guess if we're circling, I'm kind of circling back, is just health and um, yeah, just kind of like being able to maintain the focus that I need on my writing.
0: Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Now, when you first started out and you told people that you were writing a book,
1: did you have any like Debbie Downers or like naysayers when you uh, told them you were going to write a book? Okay, so so I've kind of like two two times with this. So the first time was when I was in high school. And I was, I was writing this book and I didn't really think anything of it, Um, but I'm like writing it. And yeah, people were assholes to me. They were like, I don't know why you're wasting your time. Nobody's going to publish a high schooler. Um, Yada, yada, yada. You know, so I think that that kind of broke my spirit somewhat because I don't think my writing was great because I was a high schooler, but I mean, I've actually been mentoring a few high schoolers who want to get published and I am encouraging them. And I think, especially with an editor, you know, even if, even if it's just for fun, they should just go ahead and do it. But yeah. So I struggled with that. However, the time that I was getting published, I was in a very friendly environment. I was, um, I, I was in a local writing group. Oh, and good. Yeah. This is my, my sister. Well, I don't really write romance so much, but this was a romance writing group, but the, everyone was so um, welcoming and supporting. And I think that in general, That's how the author community is. It's just a matter of plugging ourselves in. So it was very different, you know, kind of reception when I went to publish, when I surrounded myself with other writers and aspiring authors versus just me being a kid being like, hey, I'm writing this book. Right.
0: (laughs) Nice. No, I think it's really important to surround yourself with that sort of uplifting and supportive community. Definitely. Mm-hmm. What would you say that your biggest fear was when you were creating either that, that first book that you were planning to publish um, or really
1: any mm-hmm. of your books since then? I think my biggest thing is I'm a very private person. Mm-hmm. And I think that we as authors expose a lot of ourselves to the world through our writing. And I, th- I think that was kind of the biggest issue for me. It's our deep kind of, not. I don't want to say secret, but just like things that go in our brain that we don't usually share with a lot of people. And um, my first book was a romance. So there were open door sex scenes in it. Mm -hmm. And I I remember my mother-in-law, she was like, oh, so I've read your book. I was like, oh my God. And then my mom, my mom, I love her, but she reads a lot of romance, but she is very religious. And she's like, I just don't think it's right that you have sex scenes in your book. And I'm like, what are you reading, mom? (laughs) What else are you reading? Right. exactly. I I love her, but, but yeah, it's different when you, it's someone, you know, right. I I think, you know, I'm not ashamed of what I write. Like I'll stand by it and I'm proud of what I've written, but, um, there are always going to be people who judge you. And, Mm -hmm. and I think I was, I, what I knew this would happen And it hasn't been so bad from, you know, my immediate family, but um, I, you know, what ended up being the reality of my fears was actually, there are a lot of trolls online and there is a lot of like kind of hidden bitterness Mm -hmm. and hidden bullying that goes on in the author community that I, it was completely unexpected for me.
0: Yeah, it seems to come from random places. I feel like, <laughs> um, like yeah. reviews or or you know, comment section
1: on your blog or
0: something like that. It seems.
1: Yeah, or people they stand behind anonymity or they use a face a, a fake like Facebook account, and I, that's really what I've run into. And I found that my best way of dealing with this is to um, just either report them or block them and and just ignore it because. I I don't want to bring up an ugly side of publishing, but there are a lot of people that don't get the success that they're expecting. And Mm -hmm. I think that there's a lot of bitterness and, you know, and I feel bad because it's like, if, if somebody comes to me, I will always give them my honest opinion. I'll always give them the best help that I'm able to, but it's hard when I guess I was bullied this last summer by somebody who was actually close to me hmm. and I'm not still I'm not sure who it is to this day but they knew me well enough to know details about my life and details about my writing from oh. an online world and I honestly I think it was just another author who they saw me get this you know success whether it was luck whether it was my you know uh, persistence and but it, that's a tough one that's a really that's a really tough one. the whole bowling thing it's, it's been something that the more success I get, the more I'm on the receiving end of that, which is a really, it's just really disappointing, you know, because I I am always trying to support other authors. And for me, it's not about the competition. It's about the camaraderie. Mm -hmm. And, and I like another author, I like, I want somebody else to send my readers to, because I don't write a book every week, you know, as much as I read, you know, and as much as my readers read, they can't just read my things. And so it's like, I, I love knowing other authors and getting to know them and, and knowing that there are you know, other books similar that I can send somebody to. I mean, that's the best thing. That's, I love that.
0: Yeah. And you did that for me, which was fantastic. You featured my my <laughs> first book in your newsletter, which is awesome. So I, oh, it I, looks great. Thanks. So, yeah. So And it definitely gave me a bump. Absolutely. So that's fantastic. Like, I think that that mm-hmm. is so important to be supportive. Unfortunately, you're right. There's definitely that that dark side um, I'm mm-hmm. I'm not I think successful enough to be hitting where random people, you know what I mean, are being a bully. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's that's kind of in, in all areas. You know, you see it even on um, like professional sites like LinkedIn where somebody mm-hmm. in a totally different field suddenly rises to the top and they're suddenly successful and all of these random troll haters show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So unfortunately it seems like it's just a part of putting anything into the public world.
1: Unfortunately, yeah.
0: So now you actually have eight books published now across two series, right? And your fourth book Mm -hmm. in your YA fantasy series is coming out soon. What would you say has been your biggest challenge overall as an author?
1: I would say probably promoting myself because I'm I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself necessarily an introvert, but I don't like really selling things. Mm -hmm. I don't want to sell somebody on something and and being an author, you're basically selling yourself. You're selling your ideas. You're selling your books. You're selling your brand. You're selling, you know, yourself basically to people. Like, and I think for me, that's that's been the, the most difficult thing because you have to do a lot of promotions. You have to learn. I, I feel a lot more comfortable with a lot of these things, but but um, yeah, I think learning how to market. I don't have a business degree. I, I was a teacher. I love science. That's where my interests lie, and so you know, learning how to do ads, learning the business of just being an indie author. And even, you know, my sister, even when she was with a, a, not a big publisher, but a well-known respected publisher, she still had to do all of the um, marketing and sales on her own. And Mm -hmm. so even after um, my first book was released in 2018, I'm still learning, like right now I'm doing another Amazon ads class and you just have to you have to learn how to do that if you want to sell books it's something that you have to learn as an author and it <laughs> it's not my favorite but it's interesting it's another form of storytelling and so i'm just trying to trick myself into liking it
0: (laughs) (laughs) it is totally a different form of writing it's it's, you know copywriting really yeah you're right it's a different type of storytelling so yeah it can definitely be a struggle and like that's actually something that I've gotten a coach for Mm -hmm. so it's been really interesting Mm -hmm. to like learn that it's okay
1: to market my stuff (laughs) (laughs) do you know what I mean Yeah, yeah that's like a weird isn't that a weird thing I never thought that that would be like what bothered me about being an author, but yeah, that's, it's, I probably spend 60% or more of my time doing the other stuff, Mm. you know, that's, has nothing to do with writing. It has nothing to do with editing. It's just purely the business side. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And it does, it takes up a lot of
0: time. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so do you, do you feel like you have any like specific habits that have helped you to be successful in your author business?
1: Yes. And I'm not going to say I'm great at them. (laughs) That's okay. No. (laughs) Um, uh, things, okay. Habits that I have, I think are like, I didn't come into writing with expectations. And so I came in just expecting to, you know, if I could touch somebody, then I would be happy with that because I love storytelling and I love it when, when I'm able to connect with people. So I came in with kind of low expectations. You know, I, I didn't expect to be the next, you know, Stephanie Meyer writing Twilight, Gotcha. Um, I just came in thinking, hey, I've got some simple stories. I think they're pretty good. So let's try this. Let's throw things at the wall and see how it goes. I think that's one thing that has really helped me. Um, the other thing is I'm persistent. I I keep going. And I think that that's a big thing. I've seen so many, and I, I'm, I'm talking probably several hundred since I've been publishing. I I've met them on Facebook and then they're just gone. Mm-hmm. They don't get the success they want. They're done. And yes. I think that, like, people need to realize that your first book, unless something absolutely magical happens, it's probably only going to sell a few copies, but that's okay. That doesn't mean you're a bad writer. Right. That just means that you need to keep going and keep learning. Because, I, I mean, you talk to anybody who's who's started as an indie or even traditional, and you're just not selling those books. You're just not, you know, unless you're spending a bunch on ads and say you came from a business background. um, you know you don't really know what to do you need to learn the business and so and that's okay you know and i think that just being persistent and and you know like oh i didn't know this i need to learn it okay then learn that and then just keep taking steps forward and i feel like that is where i think has given me an edge because i'm i'm not just doing a big rush and then being like okay well it should take care of itself because that's just not how this business works
0: right no that makes total sense yeah and what do you feel like you would have missed out on had you not pursued being an author?
1: Um, oh my goodness, the community of readers and authors is phenomenal. I oh, I I can't tell you the times that I've had readers message me on Facebook or, you know, or in my group reach out to me and then we end up, you know, messaging or even talking over the phone. I, it blows my mind that my little story has impacted someone's life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have one book, Carmine, that's about um, a woman who's a nurse and she's taking care of her mother who has severe lupus. And the readers that have reached out to me from that, I, I mean, it just, like, it almost brings tears to my eyes because they, it blows my mind that I can touch people. And, and the fact that I have left something like that with somebody, given them even a few hours of escape and mm-hmm. brought something just, beautiful into the world. It, it's, (laughs) I can't imagine not having experienced that. And even if it's one person, you know, it was starts off with one person. I had one amazing reader in the beginning and she still reads my books. And I think she is one of the people that has helped me because I, you know, it's, it's tough. You, you put a book out there and, you know, sell very few copies, but even just to have someone like that come up to me, I'll do a shout out, Jay Grange. <laughs> She's one of my <laughs> very first readers. Nice. Um, she reached out to me and she was just like, "I just wanted to let you know I had all this terrible things happening in my life. I, you know, whatever. I don't want to lay her, yeah. personal life out there, but she was like, "I just wanted you to know that you like made me feel like hope in my life. You, you gave that to me in your book and it just touched me and and I was just, I mean, I can't explain the feeling of somebody telling me that because it it just, you, you, that's not what you think of when you put a book out there. You don't think you'll really touch, you want to touch people's life, mm-hmm. but you know, you're, I'm just like, I don't know. I'm, you know, telling people on Facebook, look at this book. Right. It should be good. <laughs> right.
0: I hope you like it. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's odd. That's an amazing feeling to to have somebody reach out and say that it, you know, touched their lives and made a difference for them.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, connections, some of these connections, I'm, I'm very good friends with some of my very first readers and um, yeah. Nice. That's awesome. And so
0: what actually helps to inspire you when you're not feeling particularly creative?
1: I would say I'm a big, (laughs) I know this is kind of ironic, but um, one of the things that I found that actually helps me cope with a lot of my health problems is exercise, mm-hmm. and so I'm a big proponent of exercising every day. Nice. And I, <laughs> I live right by um, some lakes and the Colorado River, and I, when it's when the weather's good, I try to walk every day. And so I'll just walk outside and you know look at the trees and look at the river and look at the lakes. And honestly, I think that's when my biggest and best ideas have come to me. <laughs> is just being outside or just getting your heart racing you know like I'll even exercise inside I, I ride my bike inside and do it with like a zwift it's like a uh, like a virtual reality with your trainer on oh. your bike so it looks like you're riding places yeah that's awesome yeah and i'll just be riding and i'll like get an amazing idea and i'll be like oh my gosh okay yeah i got to do that so those are those are probably the best ways i get ideas um mm. but also it's i have to exercise to you know, just maintain my health. And so it's wonderful, like it's good. It's really bad if I don't exercise. It's like everything goes down the toilet. (laughs) Mm, Yes, (laughs) I
0: I totally hear you there. Um, And what advice would you give to someone who's thinking about writing a book and building their own author business?
1: My advice would be to educate yourself first. Do as much research on the genre that you want to write in. Do research on the authors that are best-selling authors in that genre. Um, Research how their blurbs look research how the structure of their book is. Okay, just for the record, I haven't really done much of this. I should do more of this, but <laughs> if I were gonna, if I were gonna start out, you know, if I were gonna start again, this is what I would do. I would um yeah, research the covers. What are the covers I did do that? Research the covers. What do the covers look like? What are the the base themes that like books in your genre really should have? Hmm you know, and, and really get to know those books and those authors. And if you don't like that, then maybe you shouldn't be writing those books. I, I know I know that sounds harsh, but you've got to really like what you're writing because this is hours and hours, you know, not only writing, not only plotting and writing and editing this book, but also probably, you know, like I said, 60% more time, like that's only 40% of your time Then the 60% rest is marketing this. So if you don't love what you're doing, you don't love the genre, then maybe you should choose a different genre. No, that makes sense. Yeah. I'm sorry if that sounds harsh. I, I, I just like to tell people how it is because I I'm one that I think it's good to know to have your eyes open when you go into something. Hmm.
0: Yes. And, and I do think there's so much, such a push around the overnight success, right? Oh, oh this person oh, just published yeah. their first book and they suddenly seem to be number one. But then when you dig a little deeper, you find out that <laughs> they're publishing that under a pen name and they've written like 10 other books under a totally different yeah. name. So, yeah. So I think it's very easy to be become disappointed. um, Yes. By trying to jump in and not being successful right away or not doing the research, like you said, and then just winging it and then creating something that you spent hours doing. And then it's not quite the right fit for that genre.
1: Yeah, no. and, And I've seen this before too. I, for good or bad, I've had a lot of new aspiring authors reach out to me and I try to give them as good of advice as I can. But I've seen a lot of people that I can tell that you've never read a book in this genre. Mm-hmm. I can tell. Uh, and, and it won't just be me, because I read probably a book at least every day. I'm a very avid reader. When I'm really heavily writing and editing, then I won't read. But on average, I usually read at least one book a day. So I know my genre. I know where I'm at. and And you know what? Your readers will too. So it's like, if I pick that up, you know, I try to be very careful. But yeah, that research, getting to know what is in your genre and what is your category <laughs> what, what would I call this um you know just your your industry you you have to be a you have to be on top of that that's why you said when when authors seem like they're an overnight success even though they've written all these other books you know it's because they've done all they know to do the, all this homework do you know what I mean they've climbed these mountains they've you know <laughs> this isn't their first rodeo they've been to a few more so they know what to do and I think that's that's a big thing like um my most successful book was not my first book. You know, it was a different series in a genre that I actually wrote in because it was a kind of a what I want to call it, just kind of an escape from my other stuff, and mm-hmm. and I did it for fun, and and it was something that I read a lot, and so it, I think it just came more naturally to me to write that and to you know because I was more aware of what was going. On. Plus, I'd been in the business for a few years, so it's like I wasn't I wasn't just brand new. Right. That makes sense. Yeah.
0: Well, where can we learn more about you and your books?
1: Um, You can uh, find out more about me on my website, www.tlchristiansen, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N-S-O-N.com. Also, I have a book, Frying Night, which is the fourth book in my Dragonborn Academy, coming out on the 23rd. Ooh, and that's uh, young adult fantasy. And it's always funny when people say young adult because my probably main group of readers is between 20 and 35, that's mm-hmm. not to say other people don't read it, but, you know, uh, it's. I think it's funny. We always call it young adult if that's the protagonist in itself.
0: So. I think there's still a little bit of a um, taboo, right, of like admitting as an adult as, you know, I'm in my 30s mm-hmm. that I still read YA because I think it's really fun and I enjoy those stories. Yeah. And I think a lot of, uh, you know, primarily women, but I'm sure men too, tend to read that and um, some folks I think are embarrassed
1: to admit it, but I enjoy those kind of stories. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they actually just did, um, Shadow and Bone on Netflix. I and that's know. Considered Young oh my gosh. Yeah. If you haven't watched that, you're missing out. I, now. It's I so just started good. it. So I haven't read it yet. So this might be the, the, the going backwards, but that's all right. now. That's <laughs> okay. It is kind of a, almost a taboo thing. And especially when, you know, writers or, you know, uh, somebody says, oh, you write Young Adult mm. or, oh, are you trying to write The Next Twilight? Or, or even when somebody's reading it, I think it's so associated with, oh no, I'm reading this for my kids. Mm-hmm. You know you almost feel like you have to justify it, but I think we're thankfully coming into a, a time where people are more aware that young adult and new adult, which new adults a new genre are books that older people like to read. It's enjoyable. It's a really neat time of life, and I think it's just makes things a lot more exciting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm seeing a lot more of that on TikTok. So I think, you know, a lot of readers on like book talk and um, even author talk, they're much more willing to yeah. say, no, look, I, I read this. Um, and it just makes it more acceptable. And speaking of you have a TikTok where we can follow you. Yeah.
1: Yes. Uh, T.L. Christensen.
0: Perfect. Yeah. Well, awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much. It was really fun. Such a fun interview. I am loving getting a chance to talk with these amazing authors that I've had on so far. So super fun. Something that really resonated with me on a personal level during this interview was when TL talked about her path to really focusing on becoming a writer and how her health crisis actually acted as a catalyst into her shifting to really focusing on her overall goal of becoming a published writer. However, when I started in on like thoughts on this and what really resonated with me, it sort of ballooned into its own separate post. So I'm actually going to, instead of talking about it here, uh, make it the focus of next week's episode. So episode number 52. But something else that stood out to me from the interview with TL was when we talked about letting ourselves enjoy the things that we like, even if society tells us that those things are stupid. So I know our talk was mostly focused on, like, allowing ourselves to enjoy specific types of book genres, like romance or, you know, reading young adult books, which are also known as YA, you know, even though we no longer fit the target age range for those books, but we still enjoy reading them. For some reason, society seems to, like, look down on reading that kind of stuff, which is kind of ridiculous, right? Like, people should read what they want to read. As long as they're not, like, hurting anybody, then I feel like it's fine. Actually, at the moment of making this podcast episode, the guilty reading pleasure that's currently making the rounds on TikTok is a sci-fi romance series called Ice Planet Barbarians. So it's basically blue aliens, right? Um, And it's, it's the kind of series that previously people would secretly read and enjoy, but never admit to reading because it's kind of seen as like embarrassing to enjoy that kind of genre. But now people on TikTok, primarily women, are openly saying, you know, hey, I've read this and I enjoyed it because I don't care what you think of what I read and enjoy, which I kind of think is great. And, you know, I say it's a quote unquote guilty pleasure, but I feel like that's really kind of an outdated term, right? Like there shouldn't be any guilt involved with it. As long as what you're doing isn't hurting anyone, then I don't see the need to feel guilty for enjoying something. And without digging too much into this, because honestly, it could easily become its own episode, it's important to note that historically, things that women have enjoyed are seen as womanly, right, or feminine, and aren't taken seriously. This is especially true for teen girls. And there's actually a slew of articles out there about how we seem to find it easy to mock anything that a teen girl likes, no matter what it is. But I digress, so we'll, we'll focus back on the books, right? So going back to what books and the romance genre as a guilty pleasure, when you think of romance as a genre, if you're like me, then you probably think of like bodice rippers, right? Or maybe even erotica. And you might even think that not very many people read them. But the reality is that the romance genre is the top selling genre at $1.44 billion a year, guys. The next closest genre is crime slash mystery, and that's only at 728 million with an M, right? Like that's a huge gap between the top seller that is seen as a guilty pleasure and the genre that is seen as acceptable. That's crazy that there's such a huge gap. Another example of a guilty pleasure is something like Cosplay, right? Where you basically dress up like your favorite character from a book, movie, or video game. And that's it. You're just dressing up and pretending to be them. There's nothing wrong with it. But if you talk about that, talk about yourself doing that, talk about other people doing that, you know, in like society, it's been seen as weird. And if you enjoy cosplay, you might think that you're the only one who does until you go to a convention where almost everyone is dressed up as their own favorite character. So here's my takeaway from this. If you have a quote-unquote guilty pleasure that you enjoy, embrace that shit. Because chances are, there are millions of other people out there who also enjoy that same thing. Hell, you might even know someone in real life who also enjoys that thing, but they're just too embarrassed to talk about it. And if it's something you enjoy and it doesn't hurt anyone, then keep enjoying it and try to stop feeling embarrassed about it. And if you don't know anyone who also enjoys it, Embrace this amazing technology age that we're currently living in and find a group online who you can talk about it with. Stop seeing it as something to feel guilty about and just see it as something that brings you pleasure and happiness. All right, I am off to find my fellow Marvel movie fans since that's currently my guilty pleasure. Join me next time in episode number 52 for a solo show on going after our goals. Until then, go find out. Thanks for listening to the show today. I hope you found the information beneficial and that it helps you tackle your own Go Find Out goals. You can find more episodes and the show transcripts at gofindoutpodcast.com. You can also let me know what you thought of the show by tweeting me at gfo podcast or follow me on Instagram at gofindoutpodcast. That's it for today. Now go find out.